Me this morning as we honor the reading of the wonderful word of the Lord. Today we are looking in the book of St. John chapter number 8. The book of St. John chapter number 8. Well, if you were here last Sunday, you will agree with me that you had a much better looking speaker last Sunday morning than you have today. A week ago Friday I started getting sick and usually when I'm sick it just lasts about two days and then I'm all right or I just fight myself through it and go ahead and do it. But I woke up Sunday morning and I'm just unable to uh, to be here and so my wife just uh, picks up my notes and gets up here and, and preaches Sunday morning. Amen. So we want to say thank you uh, to the first lady of the church. Amen. And she is a great speaker in and of herself. I don't know about her joke telling, but she's a good speaker. Uh, that reminds me of the fellow they put in prison and they put him in with a, with lifers and long timers and he's in this uh, cell with this fellow and all of a sudden he hears somebody yell out, 15! And everybody in the whole prison just bursts out laughing. A couple of minutes later somebody yells out, 25! Everybody just busts out laughing. He turns to the fellow in the cell with him and he says, what in the world's going on? And he said, well, listen, we've been in here a long time. I've been here 20 years. He's been in 25. He's been 15. And, and we know our jokes around here so much that we've just numbered them. <laughs> so he thought for a minute and he yelled out, 75. Nobody laughed. He thought, well, maybe there's not 75 jokes. So he thought again and he said, 12. Nobody laughed. He turned to the cellmate and he said, how come everybody else yells out numbers and everybody laughs? I've yelled them out and nobody laughs. He said, well, some people just can't tell a joke. <laughs> so anyway, uh, great job, honey. I, uh, only one in a hundred pastor's wives at the most would uh, do what she did and I appreciate it. Very, very much. Amen. The book of St. John this morning, chapter number eight. The book of St. John, chapter number eight. We will begin reading with verse number three this morning. John, chapter number eight, began reading with verse number three. It says, Then the scribes and Pharisees brought to him a woman caught in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, they said to him, Teacher, this woman was caught in adultery in the very act. Now Moses, in the law, commanded us that such should be stoned. But what do you say? This they said, testing him, that they might have something of which to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote on the ground with his finger, as though he did not hear. So when they continued asking him, he raised himself up and said to them, He who is without sin among you, let him throw a stone at her first. And again he stooped down and wrote on the ground. And those who heard it being convicted by their conscience went out one by one, beginning with the oldest even to the last. And Jesus was left alone and the woman standing in the midst. When Jesus had raised himself up and saw no one but the woman, he said to her, Woman, where are those accusers of yours? Has no one condemned you? She said, Not no one, Lord. And Jesus said to her, Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Then Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of light. I want to use for a subject this morning, accused but acquitted. 
accused but acquitted. Father, we thank you for the word of God is up unto our feet and it is a light unto our path. Father, I pray that you will anoint us with your spirit today. Let your anointing break any yoke of hindrance or bondage today. Give us the strength that we need today to deliver the word of God. Prepare the heart of the people to hear today. And may there be an incredible response to the word today. We ask all of these things in the precious name of Jesus. All of God's people said, praise the Lord. And you may be reseated this morning. God bless you. Well, as we walk through this story of the woman that was caught in the very act of adultery, brought before Jesus, they demanded that she be punished to the fullest extent of the law. In this story, we're going to see the incredible grace and mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ that was shown to this lady. But the good news is today, not only was it available to this woman who desperately needed it, but oh, it is available to whosoever will. The Bible says in 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 9, The Lord is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to Repentance. Friend, the mercy and grace that was extended to this adulteress is also extended to you. And it is also available to me today. Titus chapter 2 and verse 11 says, The grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. And so if you are here today and you are in need of God's mercy or you are in need of the grace of God, I have good news for you today. The grace of God has appeared to all men and His mercies, the Bible said, are new every morning. You might be like the woman in our text today. You stand accused. Oh, Revelation chapter 12 and verse 10 tells us that the devil is the accuser of the brethren. And so you might stand accused today. And maybe even like this woman in this story, you might even be guilty. But through the grace and mercy of our gracious Lord, like this adulterous woman, you today can leave here acquitted. You can leave pardoned. You can leave here forgiven. You can leave here set free today. Well, let's walk through this story verse by verse and just see what we can discover. The first thing that I find in this story is the accusation. And that's found in verses 3 and 4, the accusation. Said the scribes and the Pharisees brought to him a woman caught in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, they said to him, Teacher, this woman was caught in adultery In the very act. I think it interesting that it is the religious leaders of that day, the scribes and the Pharisees, that bring this woman to Jesus. I don't know for sure, but it's very possible that they had set a trap for her. Perhaps they had even set her up in order to catch her. You see, man is quick to accuse He is quick to point an accusing finger, quick to point out the flaw in somebody else while all along avoiding the flaws in his own life. Several months ago now, a man and his wife came into my office. They do not attend our church and they were having marriage trouble, wanted some marriage counseling. And the man, the the husband, immediately began to criticize and ridicule his wife, literally humiliating her in front of me. He said to me, out, just said, she's fat and I'm not attracted to her. And the way he spoke to his wife verbally abusing her, she was crying, it angered me. 
I mean, no, it's okay to be angry. Jesus got angry, and it it angered me. And I said to him, I said, Sir, stand up and turn around and let's take a good look at you. I said, I didn't notice that you were exactly ripped. Yourself. Later I thought, that guy could have taken me out. But how many understand that man will often accuse somebody else so that the spotlight is not upon them but upon somebody else. And often what they accuse others of, they themselves are guilty. Remember this this morning. When you point your finger at somebody else, there's always three fingers pointing back to you. Three to one. Amen. Look with me in the book of Luke chapter number 6. The book of Luke chapter number 6 and verse number 37 and 38. Jesus said, judge not and you won't be judged. Condemn not and you won't be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Give and it will be given to you good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over will men put into your bosom. And with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. This is a principle, friend, and it works in every area. If you judge others, you yourself are going to be judged. If you criticize others, that criticism is going to come back upon you. If you fail to forgive your brother, your brother will fail to forgive you. And the Bible says that with the very same measure that you use to deal it out, that will be used to be brought back. Not only do I see the accusation, but the second thing that I see here in this story is the ammunition. The ammunition, and, uh, and it's found in verse number four. They said to him, teacher, this woman was caught in adultery in the very act. Notice this woman was caught in the very act. I mean, she is guilty. There are eyewitnesses. Oh, they have the goods on her. She has no defense. There was a woman that called the police and reported there was a naked man walking around in his apartment and the shades were up. This policeman came out and did an investigation and the policeman looked and he looked and he looked and he said, Ma'am, I don't see anything. And the woman said, but Mr. Policeman, if you'll stand on this chair and you'll lean out this window and you'll use these binoculars, you can. I mean, no, people love to dig up dirt. They love to pick up dirt. Some will even use binoculars. Some will even use a magnifying glass if they have to, to dig up some dirt. Look what Jesus said in Matthew chapter number 7 and verse 3 through 5. Matthew 7 verse 3 through 5. Jesus said, why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but you do not consider the plank that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me remove the speck from your eye and look, there's a plank in your own eye, hypocrite. First remove the plank from your own eye and then you will see clearly to remove the speck. From your brother's eye. Jesus was funny, wasn't he? He was funny. Amen. I don't think some of you understand what Jesus was really like. You see him as, you know, I don't know how you see him, but you don't see him how. He was a funny man. 
He was funny. Just get a little visual of what Jesus was saying. He was saying, here you are with this, with this tube of force sticking out your eye. Just imagine somebody walking around with that tube of force sticking out their eye. He said, you got this plank, you got this two by four sticking out your eye, and yet you are concerned about the little bitty tiny speck that's in your brother's eye. You know, someone would really have to be trying really, really hard to find something on somebody if they could see a little bitty tiny speck in their eye. Friend, be careful if you are gathering ammunition to use against somebody. Because the wisdom writer wrote in Proverbs 26 and 27, Whoever digs a pit will fall into it. And he who rolls a stone will have that stone roll back on him. Well, the third thing that I see in this story is the altercation. And that's found in verse 5 and 6. They said to Jesus, Now Moses and the law commanded us that such should be stoned. If, if, if somebody's caught in the act of adultery, the law says we're supposed to stone them. They said to Jesus, but what do you say? Law says stone them. What do you say? Notice verse 6. This they said, testing him, that they might have something of which to accuse him. You see, this wasn't about the adultery at all. Wasn't about the adultery at all. Well, this, this was not about the sin at all. This was about the religious leaders of the day trying to trick Jesus, trying to discredit him, trying to cause him to say something that would, that, that would stop the multitudes from following him and listening to him. You see, if this were about sin, if this were about the act of adultery, they would have also brought with them not only the woman, but they would have also brought with them the man. She had been caught in the act of adultery. The last I checked, it takes two to tango. Where is the man who was also caught? Was this some kind of good old boys club? You cover for me and I'll cover for you. It's wrong for the woman, but we'll turn our head concerning the man. You know, a man has his needs. Boys will be boys. People are funny about their sin, aren't they? People are funny about sin. Oh, they like to categorize it. Oh, this is a big, giant one. And this is just a little bitty, tiny one. What they really, what they really think is, your sin is a big old, giant thing. But mine's just a little bitty little bitty nothing. People say about the sin of other people, I'll throw the book at them. I'll lock them up and throw away the key. But when they are on trial, they throw themselves upon the mercy of the court. Jesus said in Matthew 5 and 7, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Let me give you some good admonition this morning. If it is in your power to give it, be merciful. Err on the side of mercy. Err on the side of grace. I haven't always been this way, but many years ago I made a decision that if I'm going to err in a judgment, I'm going to err on the side of mercy. I'm going to err on the side of 
grace. Oh, oh, let me tell you this morning, oh, if it's in your power at all, always extend mercy and grace. Err on the side of mercy because, friend, I'm telling you, I guarantee you the time will come. It may not be today and it might not be tomorrow and it may not be next week and it may not be next year, but the time is coming. Amen. When you are going to need mercy and whether or not you receive mercy will be dependent upon whether or not you gave mercy. So give mercy. Be a mercy people so when you need mercy you will receive mercy all right we've talked about the accusation the ammunition the altercation the next thing that I find in this story is the admonition and what does Jesus have to say about this how does he react does he join in with them what does he do well let's look in verse the last of verse 6 through verse 8 But Jesus stooped down, and he wrote on the ground with his finger, as though he did not hear. So when they continued asking him, he raised himself up and said to them, He who is without sin among you, let him throw a stone at her first. And again he stooped down and wrote on the ground. Basically, Jesus ignores them. He basically just ignores them. He stoops down and begins to write in the sand. He acts like he doesn't hear them. Pastor, what did Jesus write on the ground? Well, we don't know. The Bible doesn't say. There's a lot of speculation. There are people that believe that he wrote the sins of the accusers in the sand. And when they saw their sin, they they dropped their rock and ran away. Listen, I could totally see Jesus doing that. Fits in my description of Jesus. I could very well see Jesus doing that. We don't know for sure. It's only speculation. He might have just been doing what my wife does. When my wife's on the phone, she doodles. She has a pad and a pen and she just doodles. She draws things and does things and... And then when somebody says something, she writes a keyword out or whatever. I don't ever ask her what, who she talked to, what she talked to. I just go over and grab the pad and I get enough right there, information right there. <laughs> Maybe, I don't know what Jesus was doing. Maybe he's just ignoring them. But, but the Bible says that they pressed him for an answer. They pressed him for a response. And, and finally, finally Jesus stands up and, and he says to them, he says, I, I'll make a deal with you. Hey, how about this? He, he who was without sin among you, he that is sinless, he that is perfect, let him throw the first stone. Wow. He doesn't answer their question. He puts the monkey on their back. And wow, what a statement. I, I don't know if this was a word of wisdom or not, but oh, Jesus certainly exuded wisdom that day. He who was without sin, he who is sinless, oh, if anyone here be perfect, let him step forward and let him throw the first stone. And I asked this morning, who is without sin? And of course the answer, no one but Christ. Well, Romans 3 and 23 says, all have sinned and have come short of the glory of God. Romans 3 and 10, there is none righteous, oh, not even 
one. And here these people are standing before this adulterous woman with rocks in their hands. And Jesus said, if you don't have any sin in your life, he that is sinless, he who has no sin, let him cast the first stone. Jesus brings their sins to light. They brought this woman full of sin to present. They're presenting the woman's sin, but Jesus exposes the sin of those around them. Be careful. Be careful, my friend, when you expose the sin of others, lest your sin be exposed along with it. Jesus brings their sins to light. Each one of them knowing full well what their sin is. We all know what our sin is, don't we? We all know what it is that we deal with. We all know what it is that tempts us. We all know what it is that, that we have to overcome. Amen. Would you like me to share with you what my sin is this morning? Oh, I bet you would. You are so nosy. We all know what our sin is. We all know what it is that we have to fight to overcome. Amen. And as they begin to examine their own life, they begin to see their sin revealed before them. Hear me this morning better. Better that our sins be brought to light and shame us than for us to keep our sins hidden and eventually they damn us. And better for us to deal with our sins now than for God to deal with them on judgment day. Well, as each one of these accusers think on their own sin, one by one by one by one, they drop their rocks and walk away. Perhaps their thinking might have been something like this. He has made us think of our sins privately. We better leave before he exposes our sins publicly. Hear me this morning. God will give us time to deal with our sin privately. But if we don't, he will eventually deal with them publicly. I don't say this to throw any stones this morning. I'm just using it as an illustration. But the truth remains this morning. If Jimmy Swaggart would have dealt with his sin privately, he would never have had to be shamed before the whole world. We deal with our sin privately. God will expose it publicly. Amen? Amen? Yeah. Jesus said over in Luke chapter 12, Luke chapter 12, and verse 2 and 3, Jesus said, There's nothing covered that will not be revealed, nothing hidden that will not be made known. And whatever you have spoken in the dark will be heard in the light. And what you have spoken in the ear in inner rooms will be proclaimed on the housetops. Wow. Let me admonish you today. If you have sin in your life, deal with it. Repent of it. Confess it before God. Better to deal with it in private so that God doesn't expose it in public. Better to suffer some shame in this life than to have your sin damn you in the life to come. Well, the last thing that I find in this story, found in verses 9 through 11. And that is the absolution. Then those who heard it, being convicted by their conscience, 
went one by one, beginning with the oldest, even to the last. And Jesus was left alone and the woman standing in the midst. When Jesus had raised himself up and saw no one but the woman, he said to her, Woman, where are your accusers? Has no one condemned you? She said, No one, Lord. And Jesus said to her, Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Oh, the crowd has been dispersed. Oh, the accusing mob is gone. The only one worthy to stone her stands before her. And he asks her, woman, where are those that have accused you? Is there not even one left that would accuse you? And she looks around and she said, Lord, not even one. And here she stands before Jesus, guilty. And here is Jesus, perfect and sinless. He had the right. He had the power. He had the authority to stone her. But Jesus said to her, but I don't condemn you either. Go and sin no more. Oh, what grace. Oh, what grace. Oh, what mercy. Oh, aren't you glad today for the grace and the mercy of Almighty God? The Bible said we've all sinned. We've all fallen short of His glory. None does good, not even one. But he's willing to offer forgiveness to whosoever will. Let me quickly this morning give you four things about God's forgiveness. First of all, this morning it's absolute. Absolute. John 3.16 said that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting Paul wrote in Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, For by grace you have been saved through faith. Oh, not of yourselves, it is a gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. Hear me this morning, the forgiveness that God offers is absolute. It's unconditional, it's unrestricted, and it's unequaled. Not only is the forgiveness of God absolute, it's also abundant. It's abundant. Oh, God has a never-ending supply, a never-ending supply of mercy, a never-ending supply of grace. Lamentations 3, 22 and 23. Oh, through the Lord's mercies we are not consumed because His compassions fail not. They are new every single morning. Oh, you might say, Pastor, I've messed up too many times. God must be sick and tired of my constant repenting. But oh, hear me this morning. His mercy renews news itself every single morning. Oh, four things about God's forgiveness. It's absolute. It's abundant. Number three, it's all-encompassing. All-encompassing. Oh, you know what I've discovered? I've discovered there's some people that can forgive others, but they cannot forgive themselves. Oh, yes, Pastor, I can see that God can forgive others, but no, God could not forgive me. I'm not worthy. I've been too bad. (laughs) Not so. Titus 2.11, the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all. Man, friend, no matter what you have done, no matter who you have wronged, oh, oh, no matter how far that you have fallen, no matter how long, how that you have been in your sin, the forgiveness of God is all-encompassing. Yes, my friend, even you are within the boundaries of the mercy and the grace of Almighty God. Oh, the best part of all about God's forgiveness It's available. (laughs) Oh, it's available. Isaiah chapter 55, 
verse 6 and 7. Seek the Lord while he can be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord and he will have mercy on him. And to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. Oh, the woman was guilty. She stands before Jesus, accused. Not only is she accused, she's been caught in the very act. She's been caught red-handed. There are eyewitnesses. She is guilty. She was accused. But Jesus acquitted her. He pardoned her. He forgave her. He set her free. Musicians, get back in place and singers this morning. The title of my message today is Accused but Acquitted. The woman in this story was not only accused. They had the goods on her. She was guilty. But Jesus forgave her that day, admonished her to change her life. She was accused but acquitted. Ah, the same could be done for you today. You stand accused before God. And maybe you too are guilty. But Jesus can forgive you today. And you can leave here today totally acquitted, forgiven, pardoned, and set free. Your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed today. Just wonder in this room this morning. Maybe you're here and you're not saved. If you were to die in the next five minutes, you're not 100% sure that you would go to heaven. You want to get saved today. You want to give your life to Jesus Christ today. I want to help you do that today, if that be you. If that's you this morning, you're not 100% sure that you're ready to meet God. You're not 100% sure of your salvation. You want that assurance today. You want me to help you get right with God and be saved today. If that's you, let me see your hand in this room this morning. Anyone? Lift it up. God bless you, hon. You can put your hand down. How many others this morning? not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you to the front. I'm not going to call you out or single you out in any way. Just going to pray with you this morning. And If you're sincere in what you do today, you can leave here acquitted. Leave here forgiven of your sin. Anyone else want to join this young lady in giving your life to Christ today. Well, hon, I want you to pray this prayer with me this morning. Just repeat the prayer that I pray, but you can't just do it from your lips. It must come from your heart. But I don't want her to pray it out loud by herself, And but I want everyone to pray it so she doesn't have to pray it by herself today, okay? So pray this prayer with me, praying from your heart, not just from your lips today. Heavenly Father, I'm a sinner. I can't save myself. I need a Savior. I believe Jesus died on the cross for my sin. I ask Jesus to forgive me of my sin. I ask Jesus to come into my life. Change me from the inside out. I confess my sin. And I confess Jesus as my Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed that prayer sincerely from your heart, the Lord heard you. And he saved you today. Can we give the Lord a shout of praise in this building this morning? I would encourage you today to be baptized.